0: two you primitive screwheads. Listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello,
1: Mr. Fancy Pants. What
0: was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket the ruckus, sir. Does this we're not friends
2: anymore? <laughs>
0: I'm in my. Prime. You wanna kill me? Now you wanna kiss me. Blow.
2: Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Close the door. There's a big brawl outside. TJ <laughs> <laughs> Nuvis
3: And DJ Neko. Sorry, I was swallowing.
2: <laughs> oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> 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 DJ Nubis and DJ Neko with you. Middletown Radio Podcast, episode 109. This is our Godzilla vs. Kong edition.
3: It was a great movie. I have to say, I'm glad we went to see it.
2: Yeah, so, um... We, uh... Got tickets a while, a couple weeks ago actually, I I set this aside because I wanted to make sure that we got on an opening night, and it was pretty good, they did a good job at the theater, like separating everybody, and you had to wear your mask for most of the time, and then we, not while we were eating and stuff, but uh, we had the lounge seat, so we had our nice little seats Mm -hmm. there, and that's always fun. Uh, We're going to spend the whole podcast talking about this movie in different segments, so uh, we're trying not to blow our load all in one, but, uh...
3: <laughs> I like blowing my load all in one.
2: Uh, I did find as I have perused the web and other forums and stuff that, you know, some of the complaints I thought were kind of funny. And one of them was something that you, I think you brought up. Before, like, we talked about Kicking up Monsters. Everybody complained about the, the human plot being too much.
3: Mm-hmm, way too much.
2: And now, with with Godzilla and Kong, the complaints are there wasn't enough play, uh, human plot. Or there wasn't enough development. I'm just, like, laughing. I'm like, what is it you really want here? Because you guys aren't making up your mind. You're, you're like, these poor directors are damned if they do and damned if they don't. So it, it's it's funny to me that so many people are like, "I want more monster fights." Well, you got that, you stupid fucks. And but now you're like, well, "I want more. I want more development." I'm like, for God's sake. Um, we can also put the rest. This whole idea that Godzilla's the only Titan to get help from either humans or other monsters, because we we actually determined that during King of the Monsters when Ghidorah got help from Rodan. Uh, but in this one, obviously. Uh, Kong takes a pretty big hit, and he gets a lot of help from the humans. Humans. The humans. The humans. So uh, we can put that shit to rest. Like Godzilla's not the only time to get help here. We know this. So let's quit with that nonsense. Um, but what I want to talk about, and we'll get that to in our first segment actually. So we'll wait off on that. Uh, we got a lot to get to, so let's just get through our first music block here.
3: Oh, well, we're going right into that.
2: Right, because we got a lot to get to, but we'll get to that. Um, mm-hmm. Brand new stuff from Memoriam uh, Onwards Into Battle. Such a good tune to open it up with. So there okay. we go. Oh. Oh,
1: what? Do you have
2: a new uh, promotional site that we're working with, oh, Dead yeah? Center Productions? So they have a band called Ashen, Vi- Ashen Vater? I-, I-, I don't know if it's Action Vater, I don't know, but. Uh, it's cool stuff. We'll check it out. Here we go. Memoriam. <laughs> DJ Anubis here and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century he has great reviews opinions and theories in the world of sci-fi horror anime and of course everyone's favorite atomic breeding lizard Godzilla Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaboration with the big teddy bear that fat samurai guy so if you want to keep it raw real tune into the Sci-Fi Century that's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla related information. Peace. Yeah, Sci-Fi Century. I can't wait for his review. He's going to be doing one short, short, soon. Uh, about the movie and whatnot. I'm not sure when he's putting it together. Hopefully, uh, the newsman can join him for that. That'd be a lot of you fun. In the,
3: you in
1: sci-fi?
2: Yeah, he probably have a couple of other guests too. I'm sure. Uh, but he's a big kju fan, Godzilla fan like myself. So uh, definitely be looking forward to his review on that. All right, so let's get into the meat of it, me Miss you, Neko.
3: Those wasabi fucking almonds are no joke. My tongue hurts.
2: Are they from Japan? Yeah. Okay.
3: They definitely are from Japan.
2: The parts that weren't wrecked by Godzilla then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
3: he wasn't in Japan. He was in Hong Kong, dipshit. Ah. Everybody thinks he was in Tokyo. He was in Hong Kong!
2: Looked like Tokyo.
3: <laughs> like, remember I kept pointing out places? I'm like...
2: Yeah, I know. You said, like, the whole... It's like, all flat or something, Yeah, you said. so,
3: like, to... When you come into Hong Kong, um... Because I came in the harbor, obviously. There's all these, like, smaller, um... When I say small, very small islands that are kind of like in the harbor. So the bridge was kind of true, but there was one shot that they said was quote unquote Hong Kong, and it looked like it was on a mountain. And it's really not like that. Not until you get like further into what they call the, um, they call it the new territories because Hong Kong used to be part of China back in the day, and then um, it expanded its territory. So the stuff that's closer to China was considered the new territories. I don't know what Hong Kong is considered now because, like, it was owned by Britain and it was self-governing. So that's kind of how Hong Kong has, has operated for years. And it is a territory, but, like, now that since, I think, 1999, China technically owns Hong Kong, but it has said, like, it's still supposed to be self-governing, but they've been, like, kind of coming in there... Given Hong Kong a whole bunch of shit they've heard, or, Yeah, they're like... China is coming in and...
2: Being so, bullies.
3: Well, when I was there, it was during the, um... Remember all those protests that were going on, like, um...
1: Yeah.
3: So, I didn't really see any kind of violent protests or any violent interactions with the police or anything, but you could tell that they had been going on for a while because there was, like, posters of stuff all over, because they have a lot of these like catwalks that go over the um, streets, so you're like they're like little bridges to get you from one side of the street, they're all over there, they're all over buildings, but Hong Kong's pretty fancy, like those really high-end stores um, huge banking industry, you know, like all those buildings that you saw kind of down on the waterfront, there's big all the lights and all that's very very accurate.
2: yeah. Uh, so, like, speaking of which, though, like, while watching the movie, how did you feel the visual effects were?
3: I really liked it, um, I, I thought, this is gonna sound dumb, (laughs) it was very realistic for a giant lizard and a giant, you know, gorilla to be fighting, but it looked like a giant lizard. Like, they got Godzilla's angry look so well, like, there was one part where he's like, Yelling at Kong, and, like, his tongue is doing, like, a lizard thing, and his teeth are gnashing and gnashing. Did and you pick
2: up on when, um, like, towards the third fight they had, there Godzilla was sort of smirking or smiling? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a couple of scenes Especially where... Especially
3: when they're the boat. Right. Like, the boat. He's, like, foot.
2: Yeah. But, um... You know, there's a scene, obviously early on, where Kong's eating fish and he's kind of grinning, all happy. And then earlier than that, when he first gets up, he's like scratching his ass.
3: That was really funny. <laughs> yeah, he acted like a, a giant. Monkey. I mean, yeah, he big was big old monkey. And at the end, when um he's now living in Hollow Earth and um he's like swinging and he's so happy because like they were trying to keep him safe and and happy and secluded because Skull Island was just like
2: yeah somehow the impression is is that Skull Island like Kong was there and this is why they don't really reference him in King of the Monsters because Skull Island sort of protected Kong from being detected
3: and the probably like 9 years it started storming mm-hmm. and never stopped in in um on Skull Island so they built this like barrier and all the natives, because you remember, we've seen a couple iterations of King Kong. And,
2: yeah, Skull Island showed a lot of the natives there. And
3: um, there's only one little girl that has been, like, the, the only one that has made it as a native, I forgot what they're called, um, what the, the native people of Skull Island are called. Yeah, I don't
2: remember, but I remember the little girl, she lost her parents, and somehow she... And she was deaf developed a bond with Kong so she was able to sign language in with him um that's the thing that when when that happened I was
3: so excited because um the Dr. Russell
2: yeah
3: yeah Dr. Russell was like talking and she said you know I would I would sign some basic oh no no
2: that's um Rebecca Hall's character Arlene Andrews sorry
3: Russell is the other one? Yeah. Um,
2: the one we kind of yeah, laugh at. Yeah. At.
3: So Dr. Andrews, she's she's said I signed to him, and he just kind of like looked like he was understanding, but then like secretly the little girl and Kong had been talking, and nobody realized it.
2: Yeah, I think that shows you the real intelligence that Kong had was that he was playing kind of like dumb to her. And, you know, and it gets kind of explained on the boat that he doesn't have a lot of trust in humans. Uh, even though what they were doing when they took him away from Skull Island because it was collapsing was the right move, regardless of what the intentions were. Because basically, Kong's on Skull Island, he's protected by these barriers, Neko said. But then uh, this character, Nathan Lind, who plays by Alexander Skarsgård, he, uh, has, like, this Hollow Earth theory that his brother had kind of, like, discovered but couldn't get out of. They didn't survive it.
3: Yeah, trying to get down into Hollow Earth, apparently, like, the gravity just pulled him and... Yeah, because just...
2: it, it really is. Once you've seen it and you get into the Hollow Earth, you've got shit upside down. It Like, it really is kind of weird because even when Godzilla had burned that fucking hole through the Hollow Earth to find him, uh, Godzilla's looking down and Kong is also looking down he's like, Oh, yeah! I'm coming for you. <laughs> so it's kind of weird because it flip flops as you get into the Hollow Earth, and so it's really kind of weird. But when the I guess the technology that uh, Nathan Land's brother had was not up to speed with what, how they can like safely navigate it, so they end up dying along the way. But in comes uh, both uh, Ren Sarazawa, of course, son of Sarazawa from the last two movies, uh, played by Shunagiri. And then Walter Simmons, he's like this, played by Damian Bashir. He's like, these are like the main villains. Somehow, Sarah Valada's son has sort of aligned himself with this guy Simmons, who have an alternate plan and with dealing with Godzilla. And uh, it does involve the Orca uh, on some level. But these guys... (laughs) along with uh, Simmons' daughter, Maya, who is played by Isaac Gonzalez, who I saw in the movie Baby Driver, so she's a really good actress. Uh, they come in, and they're telling Nathan Lynn that they want a, his help in getting into the Hollow Earth because there's a power source there that they need for their little secret weapon. Um, it should be noted, too, I guess... We, didn't, we should have said this earlier. If you're listening to this, this is going to be spoilers in this, so mm-hmm. stop now, back out, because we're going to start getting to a lot of stuff throughout this podcast. So if you have not seen it, don't want any spoilers, just back out. Um, so they want Nathan Lynn's help getting down and Now, Nathan Lynn also needs the assistance of Kong, which, mm-hmm. as Neko said, uh, Eileen Andrews, Dr. Andrews, and the little girl, Gia, they are the ones that can communicate the best with Kong, and they're very hesitant at first to allow Nathan Len to use Kong. But mm-hmm. he makes a pretty strong argument that one, because Nathan Len really doesn't have any idea what the other motives are for these Simmons and company. But he also knows that it's important for Kong to get to a better environment because his is collapsing, and he's already he's getting out really
3: unhappy being kind of like
2: in a shell. Yeah. So he already has found out that he's really not in his home home. He knows he's there somewhere. Yeah, it's
3: kind of like they they do a um hologram. So it's like a big bubble and they try to make it look like it's nice. Kinda of like
2: um Hunger Games type thing.
1: hmm
2: But uh so yeah, they managed to get Kong out of Skull Island and they're gonna head to Antarctica, I believe. That's what their entry point is, to you the know, Hollow Earth, but mm. Now that he's off the island, Godzilla now has the ability to sense him, and it will come looking for him. So they do their best to try to avoid the routes by ship. Uh,
3: Godzilla's like, "I'm I'm perfectly fine. I can find you because right. I'm fucking Godzilla."
2: So we we start to move into battle one. Um,
3: and they have Kong like sedated and put in chains, and he's just like laying on this aircraft carrier almost. I mean, there were battleships and everything, and Godzilla just comes up, and he's like...
2: Pshhh. Yeah, I pretty ships much see that from just... the trailer. You know, he's he's already pissed off, so he's coming, in of course they, they have, like, basically a fleet of ships there making sure that Kong isn't harmed, but he's... What happens is, once Godzilla gets on the radar, they're trying to shoot at him, and Kong, and also in Godzilla, he's just, like, plowing through ships. He doesn't even give a fuck. And
3: then he flips over... So th- there's a couple of things that I was like saying to Anubis. Like, of course, he plows over some ships. He had an anchor caught in him of another ship, and he's dragging like <laughs> half of a ship. But you when... see
2: people's bodies mm. flying out from underneath the water. And... So
3: this one, they when they flipped the one ship, and they like sealed the the watertight doors. At least the way that it's been explained to me, because I've been on a ship many, many times is these watertight doors, once you like, engage the locks, because they they would test them all the time on the ship, they'd be like, because you can can leave them open, but when you close them, and then like, there's a master lock, so when you're engaging the master locks, water like, doesn't go into the ship, so this whole thing that they're doing, and then like, unlocking it like that, it doesn't work like that. That's why I was like, I get it, it's the movie, but... It
2: is the movie, that's, you know, obviously real life. (laughs) flipping the ship back over, people aren't gonna be like, you know, I mean...
3: Yeah, they didn't drown.
2: Right, like, many of them were coughing up water, but they were down there for a little bit. Uh, but at that point, Kong is still unchanged, so obviously, uh, Nathan Lynn, Scargar's character... He swims
3: over! Yeah,
2: somehow gets to the board and, like, console and, like, unlatches the the, the, sh- the sh- uh... The shackles. braces... Yeah, the shackles from him. So he gets free, and he's still fighting with Godzilla. Now, got can't Kong can't breathe underwater, so he's he's having some trouble here uh and Godzilla knows this, so Godzilla is obviously trying to take him down to the depths uh and of course, the bright idea from somehow this is somehow funny uh Dr Andrews says, oh use deaf charges to disorient Godzilla like it's like the military guys couldn't think to do that right and i'm thinking uh okay so i again movie you know i guess they had to give her a few good ideas here uh so they do that uh godzilla releases kong kong gets up you know is pretty much tired at this point lays on the fucking ship that he was on and then they decide they're going to shut down all the fucking ships and motors so that godzilla thinks they're all dead
1: yeah. Oh, even yeah. though he's
2: clearly looking at Kong light, "Uh huh."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll see you again, buddy.
3: He was kind of like, I don't know what it was. It was like, I think he thought that he beat him down so much that when it was time, he just beat him down again, like and really get him. So,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I just we'll get to more of that. But okay, so let's get back to some of the characters here. So. Obviously, we talk about Skarsgård, Rebecca Hall, mm-hmm. um, the villains. There was a basically kind of like a cameo. He doesn't have much of a, a part in this. It's Lance uh, Reddick, who we've seen in uh, shows like The Wire. He was in there for a quick second as some a, name, a guy named Gillerman. Uh, he was the one talking to Kyle Chandler, who is returning from King of the Monsters as Mark Russell, Dr. Russell's husband. We also have Millie Bobby Brown returning as Madison Russell. Um, I think, for whatever reason, they wanted to make Millie again like part of this Scooby-Doo gang. Um, Bernie Hayes, portrayed by Brian Tyree Henry, was pretty good in this. He was the guy who worked with Apex. That's who the villain's company they run. And uh, he was kind of like doing these podcasts as a conspiracist. And-, and I loved
3: it because he was like, I'm coming from the inside. Right. I don't know if I'm going to make it back. Yeah. And then Millie Bobby Brown was like so into it. Like she she had all the shit up on her wall and she's listening to it. And then somehow she convinced one of her poor friends. She's like come on, we gotta go do this. And that's,
2: that's the guy who's played by um, Julian Dennison, who plays Josh Valentine. Now I can't remember if he was in King of the Monsters or not, but this guy... <laughs> really kind of a waste of space. I think they were trying to use it for comedic purposes, but uh, it, it, he was really just not really even needed at that point. I would have been fine with just Madison and uh, Bernie at this point. But, um, you know, again, we noticed that the dialogue for the characters uh, less than desired. Like, I think they, again... It was a little bit better than King of the Monsters, where they weren't forcing the jokes too much, but we still got some pretty bad... Like, what was the part where Russell, at the end, hugs Madison, and then Josh is saying, something? I was like, just shut up, Josh. You know, he's trying to be funny about it, but it's pointless commentary, really. Um, I will say this with the characters, and this goes back to what I said about some of the complaints. And I don't know how you feel about this, but the villains... The only one that I kind of got any satisfaction from was watching Maya Simmons get crushed by Kong.
3: That was really great. when she like she's like, no.
2: and he's sitting in squish because they obviously betray Kong and then they're trying to get away in that anti-gravity machine because uh, she thinks she's sly and then Kong catches her and that's it. However, when we see the deaths of both Walter Simmons and uh, Ren Serizawa the issues there is I think there wasn't enough build up to hate those guys enough to say oh I got satisfaction from when they died <laughs> like it's funny that it happened the way it did but like it, it, it there wasn't an- there, was
3: like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like they're backing up and he's just talking and like he's like
2: well what's going on <laughs> but like you don't get to a point where like these guys are really that bad until like ever really cause like that's the thing like we're glad they're gone cause they were just shitty human beings we know what Simmons' objective was. And mm-hmm. He thought he was humans need to be top of the food chain. Uh the problem here is, of course, Simmons and company have been uh creating Mecha Godzilla. And in order to do that to get it to run, which is why they were going after a power source down on Hollow Earth, is they wanted to they took the head that Charles Dance's uh character took in King of the Monsters at the end, if you watch the Easter eggs, uh, the last Ghidorah head that was cut off at first, and they used utilized a brain in which they were using Sarah Wazawa's, like, connection with
1: mm-hmm.
2: with the helmet to try to run Mechagodzilla. Now, the, the issues that they run into, of course, towards the end is once they've increased the power source, basically given a whole lot of power to Mechagodzilla in general, uh, it gave... <laughs> Gave Ghidorah's brain basically permission and power to overtake, Sarazala, and and
3: that's because they were using that 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 energy right yeah it and was so, it was pretty wild yeah
2: it, it, it's a cool concept I mean if you're comparing it to Mechagodzilla seventy four in that movie there's a lot of similarities but then there's a lot of differences and
3: and the thing I loved about like old school Mechagodzilla. Um, the movie was—it was just the aliens were so fucking funny.
2: Yeah, and that—that's and that, and sort of what I get to because you remember in the '74 version when <laughs> when uh, Caesar takes off his head at the end, like the the lead aliens, like I can't believe they beat Godzilla Like we didn't even get that satisfaction. This is what I wanted because I wanted those assholes to live. So they could see Godzilla and Kong destroy the fuck out of Godzilla.
3: <laughs> well, the one guy, like, he didn't have a chance. Like, it just overtook him, like you were saying. Um, yeah,
2: well, initially it didn't happen. Like, he knew, like, the minute Mecha took out Simmons, all of a sudden I guess Ghidorah sent, like, electrical pulses through to the mm-hmm. helmet and that ended up killing Sarazawa. But, yeah, it, it just... I think that's sort of part of my problem there with that part of it because... I wanted more satisfaction from the fact that Simmons wasn't gonna get his way, but he was taken out pretty quick. Um I don't know, what what are your feelings about all the acting? How did you feel about it all?
3: I mean, you you and I always say this. We we watch it not for the people, for the Godzilla and Kong and you know, just like the credits say, Godzilla himself, King Kong himself. Yeah. I, I feel like... I they, didn't even check the credits this time. I feel, they like, should, I feel like they both did a really good
2: job. Kong and Godzilla, they did a good job. I...
3: For me... I, I always kind of say this, like, I don't really care about the people that much. And I feel like... Like, if, if it was the last director, he would have tried to go way into, um, Nathan Lind and, um... Eileen Andrews backstory but all we know is they have a history and they were happy to see each other and for whatever reason she liked him enough to let him take Kong we don't know why really we just know that there's a history but I feel like in if it was the last movie they would have been like oh and blah 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 and let's have a <laughs> flashback and let's talk and I remember in in um Key of the Monsters." When we were watching it the other day, there were so many parts where I was like, that could have been cut, that could have been cut, that could have been cut. Yeah, actually, I found myself doing the
2: same thing with you when we were watching. I was like, yeah, that really wasn't necessary. Like, there's certain parts of their dialogue that are fine, but then, like, it starts to drag on a little bit. So then I started to notice things that you were noticing, and I'm like, yeah, we could have cut that out. Yeah, maybe that too.
3: Well, there's a lot of, like, people who don't matter saying things. Like right, and you're that's... like here, we'll call the helicopter. We don't care. Just bring the helicopter, and you don't need somebody announcing it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was a little bit too much in King of the Monsters, and they kept pulling away from the action to have these people talk or to get reactions.
2: Well, we're gonna get more into that on our next segment. Okay, that's actually a very good point that we're gonna be talking about. Um, let's get back into some music real quick I uh, got some deviant burial ironful but I also got some torn fabrics from vlad provided by him so here's deviant burial here we go we'll be-
0: This is Mr. Joshua Gray. You can catch me live Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon Pacific time, playing Mortal Kombat and showcasing different music, highlighting artists, plus catch the 420 DigiFest, 420 Digital Festival featuring four Mortal Kombat players, two exhibition matches, live 1 to 5 Pacific time on 420. You are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio.
2: We are back.
3: We're back in black. Haven't done it in a while.
2: Godzilla vs Kong edition of the Hordes of Chaos.
3: I was even talking to my mom about this, and I'm like, I think you would like it because she likes monster movies too, and she's like, Well, Godzilla and Kong are both really good monsters. And I was about to tell her this morning about King Kong signing, but I didn't like if she watches it. I didn't want to ruin it for right. her because, like, I know she would get the biggest kick. Because, um, you remember that movie, I think it was called Congo, mm-hmm. and the gorilla Amy could could sign, and my mom loved that fucking movie. Oh my god.
2: Plus, I think if you watch, like, the early movies of, um, Planet of the Apes, I think they do it in there, too. Of course, and, they were genetically altered. But.
3: but there's also, like, a very famous story about, about um, Coco, the gorilla, who learned how to sign. Coco got a kitten, and and Coco named the kitten All Ball,
2: All Ball, Podball.
3: All Ball. Like it's round, like and like when when the cat like she she had the kitten for a while, and like she loved the kitten and the cat and like played with it and stuff. And when the the cat died, like she was sad. Oh. She, she didn't kill the cat. Like the cat died of natural, natural causes. causes. Gorillas live for a very long time and you know, unfortunately, as we find out. So I didn't
2: I didn't ask you at the beginning, but like let's discuss the Montraverse right now.
3: The Montraverse? The
2: Monsterverse. Uh what
3: is the Montraverse?
2: It's the Monsterverse. hmm. Uh, so, how do you feel about it thus far? Like, without including Godzilla and Kong, like, where where was your stance? Like, what was your favorites of the series?
3: See, for me, it's hard because we saw the old King Kong. Well, not we saw the old old King Kong. Then we saw the '70s King Kong, and then we saw the King Kong with Jack Black.
2: Well, but those aren't those aren't included in. This but
3: month. they still are part of the story because. Well, they they stop no. Time, just stop, so when we start with the newer stuff the um the godzilla the new Godzilla two thousand fourteen i is the year it came out right right so right right, I feel like I was so pumped up that it just just seeing Godzilla, like, at the part where they're in Hawaii, and he's coming out of the water, and then, like, it was, like, the tsunami. It, that's exactly what would happen, and I really, those small details made a big impact on me. And the way that they, like, after he battled the Mutos, and he laid down, and then he got up, and then he walked back in the water, and it, w- it was, that director had
2: Gareth Edwards. Yes.
3: Yeah attention to detail. So I feel like this the King of the Monsters they had such beautiful monsters but yet they lost that attention to detail. And um certain things you did see like with the way that the monsters when they made their appearance, like this is my entrance and that was very well detailed um but it's just so many things, like the little nuances, and you don't realize how much of how much it affects you when you watch a movie. But it really made a big difference for me. Now the thing is,
2: what about Skull Island?
3: Oh, that's when the the natives were like really mean too.
2: No, no, you're thinking of Jackson's version. Skull Island is when Samuel Jackson and company and Loki and they all go fucking to Skull Island and find Kong. And they're fighting, I think the girl that played Captain Marvel was in it too.
3: I don't even know if I saw that one.
2: You may not have, so I guess you can't really comment on it. Um,
3: but what I was going to say, like, <clears throat> for me, I feel like, as a complete movie, the first Godzilla was the best that before before this, like, it was the best. It it. So
2: if you had to rank the two in this monster verse, it would be 2014 and King of Monsters, not including what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. later.
3: The, the, and the thing is, is because there were <clears> so <throat> many fucking monsters and there were so many, like, it was just, you know, we have the ability now to have people who can render these monsters. And, you know, me, I love my Mothra, so, like, just having Mothra in a movie going from like the cocoon and coming out, that was like a big big deal for me. But the director just missed so many points. Like I just felt
2: trying to cram too much into it. Yeah, cramming
3: too much into it. They were putting too like they were trying really hard to make you love this family and I ended up hating this family. And you know what? In in Godzilla vs Kong, we got like nothing. We got the dad like trying to call the daughter, like, once. Yeah, it was
2: kind of pointless at that point. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd be throwing him in there, and I'm like, okay, why are we even here? The
3: only reason is because he was at the... At, in Pensacola, he was at the camp at when Godzilla struck. So he was there, and
2: he was just... Well, I think part of this also was, and it's been talked about outside of the movie, is that, you know, guard, Rebecca Hall's character... Mm-hmm. They all are Team Kong. I and mean, then you have Millie Bobby Brown or Team Godzilla. And so, it's sort of like... I guess the characters are kind of portraying that throughout the movie. Like, they're trying like Millie Bobby Brown's character is trying to figure out why Godzilla's freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Same with Bernie. And then, on the other hand, you got these other ones for Kong that are trying to get him home. And I almost roll. feel
3: like this was more of a Kong movie versus a Godzilla oh, yeah, movie. Oh, yeah. That
2: gets said a lot, and it's true, because you get more Kong in this.
3: And that, And that's not like... The worst thing, but yeah. I, I I do feel like um. I feel like you you get a lot of sympathy for Kong, like oh, you do, right? and it they feels explained. like Godzilla is the mean mean man, and the mean mean man's <laughs> coming to get the poor little monkey. And <laughs> that's that's how it feels. Like Godzilla is the mean lizard.
2: So how do do you think the the plot was adequate in King, Godzilla and Kong, or just nah?
3: Well. What I really found cool was, they they always said it was like an ancient rivalry between these two like king titans, and um the one thing that Godzilla has over Kong is the ability to breathe underwater and swim underwater to his little, which we saw in King of the Monster the little like Atlantis mm-hmm. world that he lived in,
2: and we were I was actually discussing it with someone else that. I thought that that was part of the hollow earth, but it could not be. It may not be.
3: No, I think it's they're they're refer- they're kind of alluding to that it's the lost city of Atlantis because of um.
2: I guess the thing that threw me off was like you know the sub was going through the vortex and you know it picks up speed and you're actually going from one point to another very fast in a very short time. So that's kind of like. The Hollow Earth theory, with what we had to deal with in Godzilla and Kong, works in the same way. That's how Madison got from Florida to with, uh, Hong Kong was through this.
3: But they also talked about these underwater wormholes. Maybe that's what it was in yeah. in, in um, King of the Monsters, and that's kind of what they were using to transport from Pensacola to Hong Kong. Um, now, what I'm I think. And I think that's where, like, you see Godzilla having his advantage over Kong, because Kong was, like, stuck on that island. But, as we learn in Godzilla vs. Kong, Kong was living in Hollow Earth, and then they always kind of said, like, Skull Island erupted, and it was kind of like an extension of Hollow Earth, and and then...
2: Which makes sense, because in... Skull Island that that's where the Skull Crawlers were able to come out of mm-hmm. the Hollow Earth area.
3: And that's that's why they were like this is where he where Kong's ancestors kind of ended up and there were no more in Hollow Earth. So when you see Kong get to Hollow Earth the really cool thing that I thought was really cool was when he pulled he found that axe and he You know, remembered what it was because I mean, you were looking at King Kong, and they really made him look like an old man because he was getting gray, and he was just kind of hanging out, and he's the last one. And when he was like recognizing where he was, and he's signing, you know, this is this is home, this is home, and he picks up that axe, and it's the fin of God. That's the first I I was like, that's Godzilla's fin, and it kind of reinforced the the. I don't know, rivalry that they had for so many years? It does, because it
2: gives you a clue to how... One of the biggest issues for Godzilla fans and Kong fans going into this movie, and this is something that dates back to the first matchup in 62, is how would Kong last against Godzilla? And And it's sort of the biggest debate, because... We talk about how Ghidorah is like the biggest villain against Godzilla. and like, he's really powerful.
3: That's because he's Monster Zero. He's an alien.
2: So, but we don't... We go from that to Kong. And people are always questioning before the movie's made. Like, how's Kong going to compete with Godzilla? Well, now we know the answer. And Wingard did a very good job of developing that part of the story to where Kong was a smart enough species to utilize weaponry because mm-hmm. they are almost like humans in some ways so it makes sense that he was able make to make tools right. and... but the really cool part
3: was um, you know in Hollow Earth it's supposed to have that like energy or power and when he put it down and it made that like Godzilla in the floor and it all glowed and then when he's using his axe fighting against um, Godzilla and fighting against Mechagodzilla. He's fighting against Mechagodzilla and Godzilla um, hits the axe charges and it charges it for him so he was able to really get Mechagodzilla and then it stunned him enough to rip him apart. And That was an excellent scene actually. Spoiler alert, sorry guys. That no, we, was amazing, amazing scene. Yeah. And I think seeing all of that it was well-timed, it was not overdone, like they didn't spend like this whole montage like oh look at the there were once giant apes and monkeys and we lived here and I I feel like it was enough because when he got down into Hollow Earth and he found his his throne you know he sat down and it gave, it, it was enough to kind of like make you understand like he he remembers being there before Skull Island happened We don't know what happened to make Skull Island happen, but we know it was ancient times, so these titans are ancient, ancient beings that are...
2: Go way back.
3: Way back. And because now the Earth is so old, and they're so old, and we're around, there's only one Godzilla left, and there's only one Kong left. So now you have to think to yourself, how many Godzillas were there? Because, like, Godzilla can't just pop out there he had to have probably hatched out of an egg right same thing with with kong he had he had a family and he's the last one godzilla's the last one apparently mothra is the only one who keeps fucking coming back because she just does she just comes back and comes back and who knows but i i really find it interesting when you you see like even though you know it's Beyond ancient times, again in in King of the Monsters, when you see Godzilla down in Atlantis, and and in this one where you see Kong down in, in Hollow Earth, something had to. Uh, maybe they'll explore it in another movie. Maybe they'll like go back and be like Godzilla versus Kong, the uh, the beginning or something. And well,
2: I think we've talked about this a little bit before. Like we don't, and I'm gonna get to. I a mean, little... can you
3: imagine like? A hundred Godzillas and a hundred Kongs, like, fighting each other and fighting over territory. I mean, that would be crazy.
2: Well, apparently at one point, like, we, we discovered there's no Easter egg at the end of this movie with Kong and Godzilla. But apparently at one point there was. Oh, no! But they said they added it into the movie anyway, not at the end. So I don't know if it's really true or not. This is just rumor, but there was a rumor that there was a post credit scene that had to deal with aliens, an alien invasion.
3: Oh, that would be great. And then,
2: you know... Now, in some ways, it makes sense, because maybe they're behind Monster Zero arriving when, you know, whatever, maybe not. But, apparently, also, there was a little Easter egg that I didn't catch, so when I go to watch Kong and Godzilla for the third time... Oh, Jesus Christ. On Madison's computer, there was a little picture of an egg, mother egg, that I didn't catch. So. I Even though she wasn't technically in the movie. Like. There was something that says like. Who's the daddy or something. For the. A. Yeah, don't know. But. uh We we always knew that Mothra. Has the ability to have. Other siblings and whatnot. Throughout the history of that lore there. But. Ultimately. I would love for the Monsterverse to continue. Uh. And I'd especially love if they did like a Rodan movie and a Mothra movie Mm -hmm. uh, to give them specific movies. And if even if they, like from what I understand, maybe Toho take Godzilla back and we don't get any more. But they can still continue on with Kong if they wanted to. They could still do more movies with their own original kaiju monsters if they wanted to go that route. Uh, But I'm hoping Toho will allow them to keep some of the characters, because let's face it, man, we we still need to see Angarius and Geigen. That'd be awesome to have them somewhere down the line. And Geigen would feel great with, like, an alien-type well, backdrop. See, th-
3: I I don't think, because Toho gets paid, I, I feel like they've got so much to work with that they're not really doing a whole
4: lot.
2: Well, and I think part of that was because they're kind of waiting for this Wave of Legendary, to will die down. Like I, I, that's I'm just going by things people are saying, and they're like, you know, Toho wants to get their 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 characters back so that they can go and create their own MonsterVerse or whatever they're gonna want to do. Because they did Shin Godzilla in 2016, but it was a different cry from everything else they were doing. I don't know if they're looking at Legendary and they say, man, we we gotta do something like that because it's doing well. But the problem is the one issue that. Toho has always had is that their budgets aren't like Hollywood, so that's
3: that's what I was getting ready to say. They don't have that kind of budget, and because they don't have that kind of budget, they are um they're still kind of strapped with like we have to use costumes, we don't have this amazing like special effects. When we look at the Godzilla here and the King Kong here it's how you would imagine it. It's not like a person in a suit with some random special effects thrown around. Right.
2: So, I, I, eventually, I don't know like how Toho is going to pr- proceed with that. I mean, obviously, we'd watch it because we're Godzilla fans and mm-hmm. whatnot. But, uh, at the same time, I, 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 I'm fine with both Toho and Legendary continuing on. I'd like to see them both just do... I mean, more Godzilla, Godzilla movies are better, to me. Right? Um, so, I don't think either has the weight. I, I I think people, and especially Godzilla fans and K.G. fans, would like flock to these movies regardless of how many they put out. Like we're, it, we're really at a a point right now where we're getting the best of everything because it's been so long since Godzilla's actually been a prominent figure and and, and movies in general that we're happy to have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. um we're going to get back into some of this other stuff later, obviously. So let's get back to some music. And our boy Nuno. Has Nuno! New Southly came out.
3: Now, did Nuno get a um a cat?
2: Yes, he did, actually. He posted it. A lot of them did. Really? He yeah. got a cat? Oh, it was, it was so I funny. love it. I think it was the first one I saw when he mentioned it. And, of course, that was Metal Archives' little April Fool's thing they did with everybody. But he has a new uh, EP out called Lazarus Denied or album. I don't, I don't know how they really look at it. But uh, track off of that's called These Walls Are Eternal. I just
3: remember Nuno was kind of saying he's not gonna just like he's gonna put it out like more as EPs than um, he wants to get his music kind of out. He wants to.
2: He's got a fucking nice catalog, like, and that's just with Salgueiro. Like everything he generally puts out with Salky. In fact. His new record is like one of my favorites of the year. But uh, his other projects are just as good. Like, and it's funny because he goes through these phases where like he gets a little disenfranchised because he's not really getting the downloads or the, the sales that he would like. And I'm sure he understands all that. But you know it does dishearten him a little bit. But then he comes back and he gets his... <laughs> It's just like it's, it come and goes. Like it's like a writer. He's like he, he goes through these blocks, and then all of a sudden, boom. And
3: he's like, "I got an idea."
2: Yeah, he's like, he, I literally, he came out with this record in like minutes. Like, I'm sure.
3: I think that was the post I was reading. He's like, when I have something, I got, I just got to get it out. Like, it, it's got to right. come out of my brain.
2: And but it, the fact that he's able to do it so well is like amazing as fuck. And. Uh, yeah, so the new shit, again, like most of his other records in this particular uh, project, are fucking amazing. Like, I just, I love this project. I hope he never gives it up. I I know he's not getting always getting the the type of attention or sales that he wants from it, but it's most definitely uh, something that I love, and I'm really glad that he's doing He's very creative.
3: He is very creative.
2: Puts a lot of things into his music, and he puts <laughs> a lot of heart into it, so... Uh, we also got some old man's child in here, as well as new Take, as, or as Neko and I call him Mr. Boogie, because that's Mr.
3: Boogie, yeah. from Insidious,
2: <laughs> yeah, or no, it was uh, Sinister,
3: Sinister, sorry, sorry,
2: but here is Salqui with Part Five. These walls are your turn from the new uh, album Lazarus Denied. Enjoy. for a place to take care of all your automotive needs Then get in touch with Stouffers Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stouffers takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stouffers is located at A328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs is a professional, friendly, and is highly qualified mechanics do excellent work for prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you yeah. Getting ready to jump into our rock block.
3: We're already at the rock
1: block!
2: Yeah, we got some velvet super slots provided by Grand Sounds. Secret Rule provided by the Mailless PR. Brand new stuff from the Blackheart Death Cult, one of my favorite bands.
3: You do love them. Remember when you were waiting for a while for that vinyl to come yeah,
2: in? I did. Now they got a new one.
3: Now to... you need to wait a while for that. <laughs> well, I haven't
2: ordered it yet because it's fucking expensive as hell, but it's limited. So my... you, might, you
3: better... See, that's the problem. You and I do this all the time. <laughs> we wait. We wait, and then it's like, oh, sold out. And then in order to get the limited edition, you have to go on like eBay and, <laughs> and pay out your asshole. Uh,
2: new stuff from Evanescence also. in there. <laughs> Really? Huh? Yeah. I didn't know
3: they were still rocking.
2: Yeah. Um, got Neko's pick of the week in there as well. Very fitting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> did I actually pick that, or did you pick it because you knew I liked it? No, no,
2: it? you picked it. You told me. This is where I want to play. That's
3: right, I did for this specific. Episode. You might have been in a
2: drunken stupor when you said it, I'm I don't know. I'm always
3: in a drunken stupor, what am I not? I'm surprised I don't go to work in a drunken stupor. Hey guys, who wants to write a pro- motherfucking proposal today? <laughs> Fuck yeah! Alright, so. So.
2: We have kicking off the rock block an artist named Syop. How do you... P-S-Y-O-P. That's pretty... Now it's kind of cool because one... John and Henry from Nomos playing this particular little album here. Do they really? They're yeah. li-
3: they're like uh, guest stars.
2: Yeah, they're contributing. The, the band is a little bit of uh, DC punk and harp- hardcore.
3: I like stuff like this. I love it when you have people from other bands who collaborate on things, and it just gets real fun. And I'm now, like, of course, a child.
2: Uh, you've got a li- This is what I found funny. <laughs> the the, uh, the the people collaborating in this. There's a guy that does. The executive producer and Couch Scratching. I have no idea what the fuck that really is. What needs. does it say? Executive producer, Couch Scratching.
3: Couch? Like, as in...
2: Now, he could be just sitting there. I have no idea. But his name is, get this, Noob Sybar. P-S-Y-B-O-T. So he's playing oh, off of Mortal Kombat. Oh, he's
3: being a silly goose. Yeah. Oh, I love it.
2: Then you have the guy Dag Nabbit. Who does the production instruments <laughs>
3: you know what I feel like all of these people are really Henry and John just like yes. working together and creating pseudonyms
2: yeah so it's it's pretty cool this uh, little record called how from the void um, like I said I believe they're out of DC yep Washington DC
3: mm-hmm. Henry ha- and John mm-hmm. yep yep mm-hmm. it's all your friends
2: Tell your friends to come
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> so sidebar about Henry um remember when we went you've been to a couple of house parties at his house back you know before covid but when i i we went to a house party at his house and um, it was before I went out on one of my jobs and um then I came home and again this is all before covid and I was taking my one of my students down to d c to go to a, a dance studio and as I'm driving down there because uh, Henry lives like right outside of D.C. I'm driving down there and I'm driving down a road and I was saying to my student Anne Marie I'm like this looks really familiar. <laughs> like I'm listening to the the uh, navigation telling me like where to go and I, I, I looked at my student and I said I feel like This is where my friend lives and I just don't realize it because I wasn't the one who drove down here the last time we were here. And then we passed, there was like a specific intersection. I was like, he lives right over there. How the hell did I not know he lived as close as he does to this dance studio? And she started laughing at me. I said, seriously, Anne-Marie, if I don't physically drive somewhere, it just like doesn't exist in my brain. It my I just
2: And you don't know how true that really it, is. It, it's the
3: truth. Like it's a little different locally here because I've lived here so long or somewhere that I drive a lot, but we you know, this is someplace that I have been and it is a very long road and I'm like looking around, I was like, that that corner looks familiar. That gas station looks familiar. And it's just because I don't have like the driving memory, so that was just a funny Henry story. The funny thing was the party was off the hook. Elbows and assholes, people jumping off the of speakers. Remember that was a blast.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I was uh, I had to actually stop mid mosh and find you because I thought you would fall. No,
3: no, no I I was up on the speaker. I was getting out of the way. I'm like, oop, oop, getting out of the way.
2: Yeah, that's when uh. Good old noobs was still frisky and out there mixing it up.
3: You're still frisky. We just haven't had a chance to be frisky because nothing is going on. But I'm not
2: getting any younger. Me either. I'm ready for MDF. I shit. I am too. <laughs> <So>
3: <laughs> I was talking to my boss and we were just talking about something, and we're both about the same age. And I was like, oh, what happened? Because she had to get an X-ray. She's like, I'm just old. And I'm like, I understand. She said, the doctor just wants to see if there's a problem, and I'm having an ache in my hip, and they just want to x-ray it because they want to see if there's a problem. I'm just old. I didn't do anything. Yep. I just exist.
2: Yeah, that's what, that's what I said. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm 21 in my mind, but I'm like 80 body-wise. Like, it's ridiculous.
3: I say that, too. Especially. Like, if- as
2: much as I, like, I feel good. Don't get wrong. Uh Don't get me wrong. I feel good. Feel our our minds
3: are there.
2: The minds are there, but, dude, waking up is, like, a chore. <laughs> and, like, when I'm out working, even for three days. Now, granted, it's been busier than usual, but by the end of day three, dude, my body's just tore up. I was telling Neko the other day, I'm, like, the next day morning for Wednesday, I, was like, literally woke up at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. I was so sore I had to take a bath. And just soak for a little bit, and then go back to bed. And I'm just like, it was crazy because I, I, I can hear myself when I switch sides when I'm in bed. And I'm like, mm.
1: You're like my
2: god, <laughs> yeah, it, it's help like so me. horrible. Like my body just does not want to keep up with my mind, and that's sad.
3: I like sometimes if I sleep wrong, I wake up and I feel like I've been in a car accident. Like that's I'm, how like, I
2: feel when I'm done with the work week.
3: I'm like, I was sleeping. I didn't do anything but sleep. Like, I literally slept and I woke up because I maybe had my arm curled up under my chin and it was like this and then, like, my shoulder is all stiff. And I'm like, what did I do? I slept. That's what I did. I think also when we get a bigger bed, it'll feel a lot more comfortable. Or
2: Yeah, more space.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, well, here's Psyop kicking it off with, it doesn't matter anyway. Looking for great deals on classic and modern rock and metal cassettes? Looking for those rare and classic cassettes from the good old days? Then Tomas Sabinski is the answer. So find your way to discogs.com and look for seller named Night Wanderer. Tomas not only has excellent and fair prices, but puts extra care when shipping out to customers so that the product arrives undamaged and unscathed. And trust me, I've bought a lot of stuff from him. comes in top fashion and great, great looks. Again, go to Discogs.com and search Night Wanderer. Back with you, Godzilla vs. Kong edition the Hordes of Chaos. That's Now here with Neko's pick of the week, and she's gonna explain what she has chosen.
3: That was like the nerdiest, like, and this is Neko, and she will explain what she has chosen. Because
2: I'm a big ass fucking nerd. Thank
3: you, Captain Obvious. <laughs>
2: I'm going to
3: put my foot up here on your chair.
2: (laughs) Get the foot off my chair. (laughs) Fuck.
3: So, I don't even think I need to go into any kind of explanation about what song I picked.
2: Well, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, but then we have some pretty dim people out there so
3: i don't think any of our
2: listeners although no, i will dim. say this they should have used this song at the end of, King of the kingdom of monsters instead of that trash that fucking surge did oh my god sorry not sorry sorry nope. not sorry nope
3: so if you didn't know i'm picking blue oyster cult godzilla and there's
2: oh no there goes tokyo
3: that's probably like you always, you never sing it out. You always, like, sing all, like, quiet. And maybe I just don't see you singing that much, but...
2: I've had a few beers.
3: A few. couple. But we, um, we love Blue Oyster Cult. I do. And then I didn't realize that I liked some songs that you didn't know about, and you liked some songs that I didn't know about, but we both knew about Godzilla. But
2: well, I'll tell you this, because uh, I'm not giving too much away, but... We already have our podcast set for next week done. So, but the one after that, so two weeks from now, there's a topic that's going to come up for a doc that we watched. And I went, Neko knows that I went back and checked out all their old material. And it
3: really cracked me up because he, he, I lo- it, it, love this perfect. It wasn't
2: just me. I've had people on other forums and stuff who would watched this doc and they're like, I never even knew they had all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's insane.
3: I think the reason that I did was because as a... As a teenager, I was really, really into the 70s. And the limited internet that we got in the 90s, I, when I found something I liked, I, I would dive deep. And then when Napster happened, I really started...
2: She went deep.
3: I went deep. So that's really like how I discovered this other band. And that's the
2: thing I was getting to, is that this is a band that I really need to go and dive into because... I've known about them forever, going back to the late seventies, early eighties. I'm I'm that old. However, I only know them from the hits. I don't really know them like you don't know, know their
3: deep cuts.
2: Crash like, Crash has a better familiarity with their older stuff than I do. But
3: the thing is, um, I think because when we're talking about their older catalog, they were a little bit overshadowed here
1: by with, everything else. By everything
3: yeah. else. Even though they were making hits in the UK and in Europe, we weren't. We in the U.S. weren't really seeing that until they blew up here. When they, like, they moved to Miami and they were making the shit here and they were just going insane. But that's for two weeks from now.
2: Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get it's to that in two weeks.
3: But for this week, I'm picking Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult and... <laughs> Again, it's fitting. It's fitting, but he and I both, when we talk about Blue Oyster Cult, you know, everybody always talks about don't fear the Reaper, but they never give Godzilla like the love it should. And I think we're, I mean, I've always liked Blue Oyster Cult and the song Godzilla, but this is probably, God, it was when my uncle separated from my aunt and he was living with my mom and they had guitar- he had guitar hero in the basement and we were play- and this was like a song on so we were it, it it was like in Tokyo and there was like a little Godzilla like in the background like shadow there's just so much to love about the song because it's done right i think and it it, it kind of like gives you the uh feeling of Godzilla,
2: yeah, you know, like I grew up as a kid listening to this on the radio, and I'm just like, it was so fitting because I've been a Godzilla fan forever. And I got a chance to see Blue Isical for the first time. Granted, it's later in their career; it was like a couple of years ago. They came through Baltimore at Sonar and had a chance to see them live. They were really, really good. Uh, and obviously, when they were going to play this, they had the opening roar, and they're like, uh oh, look who's coming!" And where everyone's like,
1: Fuck yeah You
2: was, know
3: I was gone one You time. were gone,
2: she was out on the boat.
1: All on a boat. I'm
3: on a boat.
2: Boats <laughs> and hoes.
3: <laughs> See, there's so many things like there's there's so many great things about my old job just in general. Like I never thought I'd go to Hong Kong or Taiwan or get to go to Hawaii three times in one year. Like shit like that just doesn't really happen but i i don't get to share that with him because i was working and then we're in port and i'm not there long enough to be like hey fly to hawaii or fly fly to hong kong it's like a 20 hour flight and you know so there's also a lot of things i missed while i was gone like the bronco fan thing that really kind of yeah i got
2: to miss steve at or i got to meet steve atwater and you know, it's good to have her home. I mean, she really loved that job that she was at, but it's important that she's home right now.
3: Who knows? Maybe I can consult. Maybe maybe I can take a little leave of absence and go out and do a splicing job. <laughs> They'll be like, shit, girl, you still got it.
2: We'll see. We've talked about her going back to it down the road, but uh, for now, she's got to be here.
3: For now, I'm going to be here. And and
2: she's doing well.
3: I am trying to... Exactly what I did when I was traveling. I enjoy what I've given. So why not enjoy Taiwan? Why not enjoy Hong Kong? Why not enjoy Hawaii or San Diego or any place that I got to visit? That's that's the perks Now I'm home why not enjoy having coffee with my mom every morning? Why not enjoy the flexible schedule I have to, you know, be in and out of the office? Why not enjoy having a wonderful husband who we get to do this every week now? Before it would be like, okay, I got like Sporadical. yeah, I'd be like, I got like three and then I have to leave, or he'd do a couple and I'd listen while I'm out on the ship. Now we're we're more together. It's nice, like I said, I'm trying to enjoy what I have right now because who knows what's going to happen in a year. But right now what we're enjoying is the fact that we just watched the most recent Godzilla movie, and it was Godzilla vs. Kong, and to celebrate that is Blue Oyster Cult's Godzilla.
2: Here we go. Audio jump.
1: Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow, and we will break new ground.
3: Junker.
1: Hailing from the land, below the wind
4: Ten, nine, eight, seven, six,
0: five, four, three, two, one,
1: zero. Eight. Ladies and gentlemen, Hulu Junk, let us welcome
3: DJ Necco's Pick of
1: the Week
0: What's up everyone, this is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up.
1: Alright,
3: that sounded really dirty.
2: Yeah, you sound like you're out of breath.
3: Hey.
2: DJ Anubis. Back with you to talk more Godzilla and Kong.
3: You tell me about Godzilla and Kong.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about what Adam Wingard did to bring GVK to life.
3: Well, first of all, Adam Wingard took all the criticisms that people had about <laughs> King of the Monsters and took it seriously. Because King of the Monsters, even with all the criticisms I had about it... I still gave it, like, an 8 out of 10 because it was just so phenomenally, like, the monsters looked so amazing. However, with this, we got real, mon- real monster fights. We didn't get, like, two seconds and then, oh, I have some commentary over here on the side. That was my <laughs> <Carmen>. biggest <break>. growth.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so the biggest complaints, obviously, with King of Monsters is always, uh... When your monsters started getting rolling, you click, you'd flick over to where the, the characters were and deal with that drama. And then also because, because of the storms. Now, I've argued, I've, I've argued that the storms are part of the Ghidorah, and that was the reason why we had a lot of that. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to kind of say is People are stupid that they don't understand that concept when it comes to Ghidorah in this in this particular universe. Uh That's what they chose to go with. He was like a Stormbringer, whatever. Uh, If you look at all the destruction that was going on between him and Rodan, that's what it was. Uh, So that's naturally when you're having Godzilla fight him, that's what's happening. So does it suck from a viewer's point of view when you can't see quite everything? Yes, but that's the reality of what was But see, that's not
3: even so much my gripe. My gripe was that... King of the monsters is supposed to be king of the monsters, not king of the people, and have side people. Well, stores. I get that, and
2: that's a separate thing. Like, like I understand that.
3: That's that's I think what my biggest problem was. Every a, t- a
2: lot of people have that. Problem. Every
3: t- they tried so hard to, like push this this people dialogue. They're like people, 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 and.
2: But that's what finds it so funny about GVK because people are now saying there wasn't enough of it and I'm like...
3: There was just enough because what we needed to see was character development about Kong and Godzilla and that's what... Especially with Kong because there was a little bit of character development of Godzilla in the last one when he went down to the, the city of Atlantis and you kind of see a little bit of his past. With this one you really see Kong's past and you kind of feel like what was going on for for Kong.
2: I think, And I think this is what is really interesting about the entire monster verse, like it, it, skull I don't exclude it because it really isn't part of Godzilla's part of it, but if I don't know if you agree with me, but th- it's all been kind of set up this way. Gareth Edwards did two thousand and fourteen it was a very slow burn, it was a build up it was giving us the option or the idea of how Godzilla came about with the, we we love the idea behind the whole like atomic bomb drop mm-hmm. and,
3: I like the whole the whole. Beginning sequence, like... right?
2: So he's he's already building this story arc, and we talked about it back then, just between you and I, how that movie is more like a mature adult Godzilla film. It's not made for kids. Kids can enjoy it, obviously, but if you compare that to say Godzilla versus Megalon, where Godzilla's flying on his tail towards Megadon and
3: that's that's just silly,
2: right? the, the, the monster verse Ledger is created is mainly more for us big kids, basically. Uh, and so Gareth Edwards approached it that way. He had an actual story around it, why Godzilla existed, why it's there. Well, I, and, I also
3: feel like um, a lot of people don't know this in U.S. history with the Marshall Islands and the Bikini Atoll and all. Like, we were testing nuclear weapons over there and um it actually we we took and these are small islands so the populations aren't very big and you know, us arrogant Americans are like, Oh, we'll just move you to another island and that's kinda like what happened with the Marshall Islands is they like started throwing everybody on one island and then they started doing this atomic testing and they didn't realize
1: how far how
3: far reach. the radiation would float and i learned this just through maritime laws because all of our ships were marshall island um registered we were registered and it's very interesting if you are a marshallee as they call themselves um you basically are an american citizen that's us saying we're sorry like the us is like uh our bad we're sorry for like destroying everything and making your entire area uninhabitable because of what happened so in that opening sequence <clears throat> because like I kind of knew a little bit of the history and this is even before I was sailing I I knew like the atomic testing we the, the history writes it as they're testing the bombs for world war 1 world war 2 But
2: we're actually trying to destroy Godzilla. We're trying to destroy Godzilla. Because we woke him up initially. Mm -hmm. So, but that's the thing. Like, King of the Monsters, to me, was kind of continuing at that story arc. They were trying to broaden it. And it threw some fans off. Because, obviously, what happens is, and this is the problems with Doherty's version, is I do agree the Monsters could have used more screen time. But it's very problematic when you have... That many monsters you're trying to introduce into that world—it's kind and of what they say a-
3: about like the Justice League. Nobody's ever been introduced in their own um, right, state. and so
2: that's why they all like the four-hour version because now you've got time for everybody. But we didn't have that luxury with King of Monsters. Now people might be going, "Well, let's get it done. Let's have like the Doherty cut where we have like
3: I think four though, hours. But what I'm gonna say is—is is repeating myself, but what they did. Is kind of almost like cheap so like it's all about the people and they're in their little planes or whatever and they're like this is Rodan he is known as blah blah the blah." Fire demon. yeah the fire demon and then you see Rodan's entrance out of the volcano and then <sighs> so <beautiful>. it <laughs> is but see that's the thing the f- entrance is beautiful flying over the city is beautiful You get that, and that's it. You don't get Rodan, like, being Rodan. You get too much of, like... The other shit. It's like the people have to explain what's happening, and we're not that dumb. We didn't get all that shit in the first Godzilla. We got little snippets and put it together because we're smart. Same thing with Godzilla versus Kong. They didn't have to be like, look this is King Kong and he is sitting on the throne. Like, that's what I felt with King of the Monsters is like they were taking the people and they were narrating and then it took away because you could easily have shown a little bit of Rodan lore without somebody being like, this is the fire demon. And then, ha, there's the fire. Yeah, I get that, but you... The character development of monsters is possible. We saw it in the first one. We saw it in Kong versus Godzilla. It, I but feel it, but like, but it is a
2: little bit more difficult because we have four monsters. Okay, to try that's to... that's true. Now the problem is, and this is where I, you know, if, if I'm creating this monster verse, I'm doing everything I can to set them up for this because, and it goes back to what we were talking about: how Rodan needs his own movie. Mm-hmm. Mothra needs her own movie, and that would have been fine, because that would have set up everything coming to King of the Monsters. Now, granted, part of the King of the Monsters was, oh, well, we've discovered we have Titans all over the Earth. They're just in hibernation. Well, okay, that's fine, but we're still going to need some development for those characters. But my,
3: my problem is how they did it. They're like, this is Rodan, the fire demon, and then Rodan comes out. like well, that. And- that is my problem. Look at how... At the end of the first Godzilla, they were just showing, like, clips of things, and you got little snippets, and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, that means... Like, at the beginning, where, um, when the nuclear plant explodes, I'm sorry if this is spoiler alerts, the movie is, what, uh, seven years old now, <laughs> but you see when the kid is in school, there's, like, little Rodan, like, um, origamis, and... Things like that, I think, work better. That's why I was saying in the first one, the small details made all the difference. In the second one, they were, they were like, patronizing, almost. They were like, here, this is Mothra. Here, this is Rodan. Here, Monster Zero. Like, that's, it was like, they had to tell us who everybody was, and... I, I And I that, think, I think, is what took it away from me because... I think
2: it took it away from us fans because we know the history. And this is my problem with... It, it, the funny thing is, Doherty has the knowledge and the fandom of the series. That's why he knew what he wanted out of this. And it was kind of surprising that he missed the mark because... It was almost like you said. He's trying to hold your hand and walk you through everything when it wasn't really needed because... The only... This movie should only... King of the Monsters only should have mattered to Godzilla fans. It, it, it That's it. Those are the fans you were catering to. I could give a fuck's ass about the normal Joe who goes to see this film. You want to know what's going on? Do the fucking research. I say this the same thing to the critics who were writing reviews for that film saying... Who the fuck is Ghidorah? We don't know who this is. I'm like, well, do the fucking research. But see, this
3: I'm going to throw this back on a movie that, like, if you and I just turn on a movie, you're not going to be like, hello, this is the bad guy, Ghidorah. Nobody is going to say that. You figure it out. If you're watching fucking Freddy Krueger, you figure out he's the bad guy. You figure out who is who. I get it. There is a whole history of of Rodan and, and Ghidorah and everyone, but I feel like the subtle nuances present the monsters better, and that's what happened in Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla ver- is it Kong or is it Godzilla versus Kong Kong, whatever. Doesn't matter. So when they introduce Kong and they introduce Godzilla they don't have to be like like if 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 Doherty was doing this, you would have to have a human being giving a whole narration. It goes back st- millions of years. They have this,
2: but but this is the luxury that Wingard had over everybody else. When Gareth Edwards kicked this shit off, he was given the good green light to create something to start this MonsterVerse. He took what he thought was the best approach to it. Doherty learned from that. Said that people are saying not enough Godzilla yeah, like, time. Yeah,
3: we need more Godzilla and fuck the Mudos. We want the <laughs> we want the we want the monsters. So that we obviously,
2: know. after we saw that, there was the teasing on the internet about how old Rodan and Mothra and Ghidorah would show up. We're <laughs> like fuck yeah, we need this. Doherty's problem goes back to he was trying so hard to create this human element within the world. That he lost sight of where Godzilla and Kong got it right,
3: and it—it's the human element, but it's also the humans in Godzilla, or, or the King of All Monsters, King of the Monsters, excuse me. It was like the humans were narrating what the monsters were doing. You don't need that. We didn't need it in the first one, and we didn't need it in Godzilla versus Kong. Two big monsters are fighting. Watch it. That's all you need. You just need to watch two big monsters fighting. You understand that they have some kind of, like, arch rivalry from generations ago. If Godzilla, out of nowhere, if they're protecting Kong, we're protecting Kong.
2: Well, they had certain points where I thought it was good that they were explaining, like, I forget the the asian girl who played in king of the monsters but she had this history the twins and everything it's hers like,
3: was the only one that made sense though
2: right but then we also talk about how all the bad jokes came in like the the scientist guy the blonde uh, or the very white haired glasses dude he, he's a good actor but that's where the forest jokes were coming in i'm like we don't need all that really don't like Mm-mm. you know i don't need to hear godzilla's all juiced up you know that's so pointless a fucking thing.
3: Because I think it... I feel like that took away from, like, the heartwarming moment.
2: Hmm.
3: You know, because cause when they were reaching, like, the radiation area...
2: Sarazawa, when he sacrificed himself. And
3: they're like, we can't go any further because I want to have kids eventually. Right. Like, a lot of these, like, little cut-ups kind of took away from... The emotional The aspect. emotional aspect of it because... Uh, Sirzawa his entire life was spent to researching and finding these because he was researching the Mutos, he was researching these titans, and he knew Godzilla existed before Godzilla even showed himself in Godzilla 2014.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And he respected and loved Godzilla, so when he, you know, went to see Godzilla to heal him, it was it was very touching, but then there's, like, too many jokes before and after, and, again, it's like you've got these humans narrating what's happening with the monsters, and the more we talk about it, I think that not so much the human story, but the human, it's like we're not smart enough to figure out that this is what's happening, just because there's so many movies that we've watched that have very little dialogue. And you don't need someone to sit and explain, like, this is... I mean,
2: And that's why it was good in Godzilla and Kong, where the fights were taking place. Like, it was just a, a brawl. Like, mm-hmm.
3: uh, so we obviously know that they hate each other.
2: Yeah, so they get up there, and they're fighting. And, you know, we saw Godzilla move like he hadn't quite... Like, there was that moment, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, where he senses kong in the hollow earth so he like <laughs> shoots his blast down through the earth which was amazing but the way he moved like it's in the trailer at some point too uh you know he's kind of kicking back and he's like letting loose and it's just it's so fluent and uh mm-hmm. when he's mm-hmm. attacking kong and he's crawling and he's swiping and he's doing exactly like it was the fastest we had actually seen godzilla kind of move and that's what you would
3: think an angry monster would do so you don't need a human to be like look how angry godzilla is like you don't need that because
2: right and didn't... we didn't get that which no is good. we didn't
3: we didn't and that you just see again like you were saying with Godzilla's smirk with the facial i there was one point i'm like godzilla looks like a Komodo dragon on mm. steroids.
2: <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, he was good comparison. He was
3: like on top of Kong, and they got like the face of Godzilla, and the tongue is going, and the teeth are going, and Kong's like backing up. It, that's obviously very, very good animation. Clearly, but the director is telling them, "This is what I need you to do in this in this." You know, action sequence, I need you to show that these two are having a really... Without, again, going back to King of the Monsters, where it's like everything was narrated because they were trying to dumb it down, thinking that we couldn't figure out that, you know, Ghidorah is a bad guy, and that...
2: Yeah, they they could have approached it much differently um, for King of the Monsters, but... I'm going to get to some more of that later with that. Because we're going to be ranking our MonsterVerse movies at mm, the end of this.
3: Well, it's a tough one for me because...
2: Well, don't get into it now. Okay. But But, uh, yeah. So, I just... The fighting was really good. They had three battles. Um,
3: three?
2: Yep. The second one was sort of leading to the third one. It was kind of like... But they considered it three separate ones. Okay. Uh, the first one on the in the water...
3: No, that was so phenomenal, too. Second one,
2: once Kong is like flying in the air with his axe, mm-hmm. and then that's when they kind of like push each other back from the impact. And then, of course, the third one is when, um, or the second one also is, uh, well, the third one started with Godzilla getting the advantage on Kong and basically almost killing him before Mecha Godzilla decided to come out and play games. Uh, but. You know, again, we got people who are happy because it's in daylight so you can see. Which is good. You know, obviously you want to see this shit. Uh, but again, I'll, I'll still defend the whole Ghidorah thing. I understand
3: why you're defending it. I, that wasn't even my big issue. Yeah,
2: it's just, it just wasn't enough of it. No, my,
3: my issue was they kept cutting away right. from the fight. that's fighting. what I mean. Yeah.
2: Not enough of it. So, in Godzilla and Kong, you're going to get a full... Full amount of like you're gonna get an actual fighting.
3: fight and in fact, I... even
2: like when Khan gets down in the hollow earth when he's fighting some of these other cage that are like lesser known are really quite amazing. I forget the name of the bat, like, or not bat, but uh, the,
3: the worm thing, yeah,
2: the, the serpent type looking thing that they had flying around was fucking awesome, yeah, like
3: it, it had wings. And then it had a tail, and it would, like, wrap around Kong, and it was, like, trying to, like, suffocate him. And yeah, then... it's, like,
2: basically like a flying cobra.
3: And then and then he's, like...
2: <laughs> yeah, so you get a lot of good stuff in this, and it, I've heard people say this is more of a Kong film than Godzilla, and probably it probably is. It really is,
3: because you... The reason is because you, you develop the, an emotional attachment to Kong.
2: Through the girl uh, through, and
3: everything through the Through the little girl, and because it really is feeding off of their hatred for each other. So it starts with Kong. It starts with your building your emotional attachment. So when you see, even though we have an emotional attachment with Godzilla, so when you see Godzilla acting the way he is, and that's why Millie Bobby Brown, she has her connection to Godzilla already that's why she was like this is not like Godzilla there's something going on that I I find it really interesting to see how like this movie started off and we've seen lots of Godzilla movies where he is totally the bad guy It, it it really is you see Godzilla's bad side you see his angry side and then you see how like there was one point where like you were saying, where they turned off the ship and all, Godzilla's just like, I'm done for now.
2: Yeah, here, here's the thing with... And this is what I really love about Wingard, is that he could have approached this any different way. He could have approached this the same way 62 and made Kong the victor. Uh, I'm one of those people that love the fact that he did it the way he did it. And we know just based off the final fight between Kong and Godzilla, that Godzilla was the alpha. We know this. Kong was on death's door before the humans gave him a shock to yeah, the Yeah, they, they did
3: their own little, like, uh, um, yeah, CPR. Right. Yeah.
2: But, you know, it doesn't mean that I dislike Kong That because or anything particularly. Like, he is a good character. He is uh, very sympathetic. We get it. Uh... But I've always gone back to the story from 62, saying that there's just no way that Kong is going to be Godzilla. It's just logic.
3: Well, I I was saying this earlier, because Kong doesn't breathe underwater, underwater, and they showed that earlier in the movie. And Kong, um, he was just like a prisoner on his own island. Um, So... When you bring in the element that Godzilla can freely move wherever he wants and he can breathe underwater, et cetera, etc., etc., he has all these advantages. But when you start bringing I mean, they, into the story of the Hollow Earth, you start to realize, like, you know, Godzilla moves through these underwater wormholes, which, you know, and clearly...
2: The Hollow yeah, Earth. and
3: it clearly led and crisscrossed through Hollow Earth... So, because of that, you see how Godzilla's like. Wait a minute, this is my area, and it it intersects with your, and that's why you can see how there's sp- species have like fought for so many years. This is really crazy. We are really like writing a Ph.D. on Kong versus Godzilla, and and there's you know.
2: Well, there's some things that are unexplained, and you know, it's not a gripe, um, and. <laughs> Again, I'm hoping that the MonsterVerse can continues in some way. Maybe it will answer some of these things. But one is, we know that Charles Dance character in King of the Monsters finds the final, the lost Ghidorah head, and that's what becomes a, a central part of. Now, Godzilla. did he
3: did he take that and give that to? Are they inferring that he gave that to well, him? Well, we
2: figured that Simmons has a lot of money, but so. they didn't
3: address it. You're right.
2: But Dance is a eco-terrorist, and so, to me, in King of the Monsters, his goal was like, okay, we don't have control of Ghidorah, but who cares? We want to reset the Earth. That's his whole plan. He didn't give a shit. So, did he sell it to Simmons and company to finance his, his group? Did he sell it because he just thought it was over? I
3: mean, how many heads did um, Ghidorah lose?
2: Well, he lost the first one. That was when for sure. Right. But did he
3: lose more during the final battle? Well, the final
2: battle, he was incinerated. But just incinerated.
3: D- was he? Two did- of the
2: heads, yeah. Two of the heads were toast, and then the final one when Godzilla had as well. But mouth.
3: he lost a head while he was fighting with Godzilla. Went right around the Rodan fight too. Right,
2: that's the first one. Uh-huh. That's that's the one they found. That's Kevin. So that is a little unclear. And I've already forgotten the other part that I was going to ask about. Um,
1: Uh-oh.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Maybe I'll think of it later. It's all right. Um, but the 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 thing is, like, there are things that are not quite answered that weren't addressed. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, so Godzilla, obviously, is out, <laughs> out in this world, and he's fighting all these titans, gaining the alpha, Ghidorah, and all them. Kong's on Skull Island now the part that gets me is Kong is actually considered another alpha this is why they butt heads but the part to me is like why is Kong not giving a shit or is he able to give a shit does he even sense what's going on outside of Skull Island now see this is what
3: I'm wondering because they gave reference that they had Kong in that biodome for about eight nine years so i'm wondering if they're kind of like saying that kong was unaware of what was going on for the last eight nine years and king, king of the monsters was going on okay him that, that might
2: make sense because if it's a fake dome he may not have even known anything and it going took on. him a
3: while to figure out he was in a fake dome right and they the little girl is maybe 10 at most and they said, you know, her all of the native people were washed away in these terrible storms. And in order to protect Kong and protect everything going around, they created this dome. So King of the Monsters was what, like three years ago?
2: Yeah.
3: If Or oh, two years ago. So yeah. if that was happening and Kong's been under surveillance forever, ever since they figured out who he was and where he was... And then when The skull- storms took yeah, when out. Skull Island started falling apart and they decided, okay, like
2: That actually makes a lot of sense because uh initially when you're watching King of the Monsters you're thinking, well at the end when they're talking about Skull Island now because yeah, they the just talk- kinda
3: show poop Skull Island, that's all but they like,
2: give you. You're saying to yourself, Okay, why does Kong not like Kong wouldn't answer Ghidorah's call, but then again, if he's in this dome, maybe he, that's one he or may somebody. not.
3: Yeah, he's being kind of like shadowed from, or sh- yeah, shadowed, shielded from everything going around.
2: That makes total sense.
3: Especially because he's on an island, which technically is not so far from where Godzilla, like his home base, is. So they're really trying to keep Godzilla and Kong away from each other because Godzilla woke up in 2014, which was seven years ago, which kind of fall- falls into my timeline where. Skull Island falls apart. They're realizing Skull Island is falling apart. Monarch is there because, hello, they're Monarch, they know what's going on. Godzilla comes out to life and they're like, okay, so Godzilla's making his appearance over in Hawaii, not terribly far, like, cause over in the Pacific area, like that whole Pacific ocean is vast, believe it or not. We see, and there's so many little spotted areas of islands. So when they saw Godzilla making his first appearance in Hawaii and Squall Island is starting to fall apart, they probably said, we need to do something now to protect Kong from the rain. Yeah, because this
2: shit was falling apart. Yeah. yeah. So,
3: and this falls into the, the the timeline, if we're going with real time versus movie time. 2014, Godzilla comes, and that's about when Skull Island was just disintegrating, and it might have been disintegrating because what's-his-face, Skarsgård's Um Skarsgard's yep. brother was trying to get to Hollow Earth back then and he did something while he was going into it and fucked up the ecosystem, which fucked up Skull Island, and now they're trying to protect Kong and Skull Island as much as possible while also not giving Godzilla the tip-off. Right. And it all comes full now, circle. Now, that makes sense. That's my story.
2: Now, um, one more thing on this before we get back to the music is... when we learn about at the beginning of Godzilla and Kong there's like these little snippets again that we get all the time and
3: I love when they black out the names and stuff. Well that's
2: the thing they were like that plus when they were showing like the monsters that were defeated well one of the monsters that showed up was Rodan so there's a theory that Godzilla just been kind of going around and wasting not only just the apex areas but like other titans that were getting in his way
3: they they did not go into that um i thought rodan just went back into his volcano
2: yeah and mind his own business well part of it was they explained that godzilla being the alpha was able to control what the titans were doing so he was keeping them from tearing up the joint basically uh but then of course the beginning of godzilla and kong they're doing this whole thing like kong beats a couple of things but then godzilla's beating all these other creatures and i'm like Does that mean that Rodan's dead? Because they do say that Ghidorah's gone. They do say that, uh, you know, another creature's gone. Mothra they don't mention at this point, except for through the Easter eggs that we were talking about.
3: I mean, at the end of King of the Monsters, when they were all bowing to Godzilla, maybe Rodan was doing his thing again, trying to be a badass, and Godzilla just put him back in his volcano and said, you need to sleep."
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah made him this bitch boy again he's like
3: listen motherfucker get back in your I will game, say
2: man. this about Kirimasa dude they made Rodan such a bitch in that like it, it's funny but it's not because they went through a lot of work to make Rodan look good and made him his mannerisms are great we've noticed we've, with Mothra and all them, We he, he was very cool as the fire demon that actually throws back to one of the movies he was in and
3: that that flyover scene is perfection
2: yeah and, but they just, every fucking time they could, they were like, just, he was just bitching out. Like, even Mothra got the best of him. I thought it was just the fucking most hilarious thing. Poor guy. Um, that's why they all need their own movies, though. They, they just need somewhere to shine for themselves. Dude, and, I
3: would love, uh, Rodan, like, ancient oh yeah Mayan type. Oh, yeah. Like, them worshipping the volcano and then throwing people down it to sacrifice to Rodan. Oh, you, you know what I
2: beautiful, mean? It would dude. be an
3: awesome Rodan movie like you start off like Yeah that. you don't
2: have to get him killed off or anything you just fucking have like the Mayans trying to find a way to appease him. And, and like, that
3: would be like and then flash forward.
2: And have him fight some other random titans. He doesn't have to be anything like Godzilla or anything just have him fight another shit and beating their ass. Like, and
3: then yeah like some other titan tries to take over his civilization he gets pissed off because he likes his like monthly sacrifices. <laughs> right.
2: Like, he likes his little virgins
3: like and then all of a sudden he gets really pissed off and he comes out of the volcano again and then he like destroys the civilization because everybody's pissing him off and then he fights with another thing and then there's like 12 that are left over so then they start sacrificing again and he's happy there's the rodan movie right there
2: yeah we, we endless possibilities i just hope that they uh stick with it uh i don't know if they will but It'll be cool if they do, and they, they need to go in that direction. Like, yeah, we love Godzilla, but you gotta give these other monsters time to shine. Mothra deserves her own movie, definitely. Mothra
3: and
1: Godzilla loving
2: each other. <sighs> Not so much that, but all right, well, let's get back to some music. I've got some stuff, more stuff from Dead Center Productions with Witch Hunt and uh, Forest, very cool band. Uh, a request by Kevin Torrent, one of our fans,
3: our number one fan. <laughs>
2: He wants some testament. This is City of Angels. I'm all about that. Yeah. Virginia, off the album *Killgrid*, *Enforced*, beneath me.
4: This is Blake from Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. Alright, DJ Anubis. And
2: DJ
3: Neko.
2: As Blake said, back with you. No. Get into it! Get into it now! now. He didn't just say get into now. it. Now! He said get into it now. He's right.
3: Just like
2: the Terminator. Nice. Now! <laughs> now! It's not a Tuma! That's kindergarten now. I know, but it's so fun. Alright, so we're gonna give our final thoughts here. And uh, Who
3: are we, fucking Jerry Springer?
2: <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. Alright, so... So. We talked about how we were going to rank these at the beginning of the show. Now we're going to talk about how we're going to rank them at the end. Because now that we've seen Godzilla and Kong... I don't
3: even know how I want to rank it because, like, there, there's so many...
2: I mean, obviously you haven't seen Skull Island yet. We're going to see that at some point. But the three Godzilla movies, like, how would you rank them? I don't know. Really? Mm-mm. mm well, let me tell you, somebody, and this is one of many out there right now, has give his monster verse rankings. He gave, surprisingly, G fourteen is his number one, eight point five out of ten. Skull Island seven out of ten. King of the Monsters eight point five out of ten, so it's tied for a G fourteen, and Godzilla vs. Kong six point five out of ten.
3: See, I I think the story of Godzilla vs. Kong is better than King of the Monsters, but they have all the monsters. That's the problem. King of the Monsters has all the monsters, but it's lacking in so many ways. But I'm still going to give it, like, a super high score because it's got all the monsters. Now, if you take the monsters out of... Honestly, if you take the monsters out of it, it's G14, Kong vs. Godzilla, and King of the Monsters.
2: That's your ranking? That's
3: just based on the the way the directors took the story. But, be, because you got the monsters, it, it always, like, kind of adds. So, and, I, and I'm just such a Mothra Mark. I love Mothra so much. And when you have that beautiful, like, chrysalis, cocoon-transforming scene where she goes...
1: Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I
3: love, love that part. You... It's just—it's almost not fair because I the that director has that, although the story is lacking. There's so many things that could have been better. I don't know. I don't want to rank it because, like I said, if I'm just doing it based off of the director and the story, it's G14, Godzilla vs Kong, and King of the Monsters. But when you add in—Okay,
2: let's add in the monsters. I
3: can't. That's the thing
2: because
3: <laughs> if i'm if i'm doing I think
2: I think Neko is like deflecting and avoiding
3: Well, if you're just doing it based off the monsters, it's obviously King of the Monsters. Well,
2: it's it's based off everything. Like it's based off your enjoyment of the film. So you don't have to break it down so much. Just go by... But it's,
3: it's still kind of the same. It's still kind of G14, Godzilla versus Kong, and then King of the Monsters. Okay. So I that, feel like I feel like King of the Monsters... So you
2: still like G14 a lot as, I, on a bigger there scale. There is
3: so much about that movie that when I... I feel like I care about everything in the movie. I care about the people. I care about the story. I care about, like... They pull history into it. I care about all the little details. Nuances. Yeah. That that director put into that to make it into a modern Godzilla. Everything from... I mean, like, yes. When Godzilla emerges in Hawaii, it's going to be a fucking tsunami. Hawaii is not that big. You can drive on the big island from top to bottom in less than three hours. From side to side, it takes like an hour. It is tiny, so Godzilla Emerging is gonna like be a tsunami.
2: All right, so are we ready for the noobs' controversial? Whatever. <laughs> so obviously, going into Godzilla mm-hmm. and Kong, I had King of the Monsters at number one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now with Godzilla and Kong out there, King of the Monsters is still number one.
3: Of course
2: it is. Here's the reasons why. I've seen... And you brought this up earlier when you brought up Peter Jackson's King Kong. We've seen Kong in CGI format where it works. Like, really, Jackson did a phenomenal job with Kong. And, like, the, the mannerisms that he had. He was dancing around with the girl. and Heck, like an ape. And we got that in Kong and Godzilla and also Skull Island. Like, he's doing monkey things. What we didn't have before this was Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra. In a modern version. And I can't. Get past that.
3: I know you can't.
2: I just can't. Like. Did I want more of them on screen? Obviously. But. Watching these creatures come to life. Watching uh, Godor and Godzilla fight. Where Godor is in, fighting like an Hydra. Is just flat out amazing. Listening to Mothra scream while she's coming in her like modern bug form where it works, it makes sense. Rodan, his bird thing, when we talked about it back in our review on King of the Monsters, comes out of volcano, sees a bunch of people running for their lives, and he looks, and he's like, "Oh, little worms, look, I get to go eat!" Yeah, he looks and acts like a bird. Kong looks great, obviously in this in this monster verse, but I've seen it before. I've seen Kong in this type of environment, like his version of it.
3: I think my biggest problem is what I said about King of the Monsters the director got lazy because he knew he could rely on fine. the
2: monsters. And that's fine. But for me it's never gonna really just seeing those creatures him bringing that shit to life just stick, sticks with me. It just does.
3: And that's okay.
2: Uh, but here's the other thing about it all in this, in this course my top 5 will change but you and I I I still go back to this with uh, Godzilla 14 the moment he lights that tail up you and I are like just going nuts and even last night with the the theater you were fine with everything so was I and then when Godzilla's semi thing came up you grabbed my hand like you did the very first time and I don't know, like, with G14 and King of the Monsters, you and I, just, the excitement that we had. I
3: told you one of my problems with King of the Monsters, too, was they had 17 trailers.
2: And, and, and you know, you hear Lady Fadblood talk about it, too, because they have, like, a little quick clip they did of...
3: After their, they watched it, They're yeah.
2: not spoiler review, but she was like, same thing, like, she didn't, neither one of them bothered past the first trailer, which you didn't either. Granted, the other stuff they released for Godzilla and Kong were just more snippets and actual trailers. But spoilers don't really bother me too much. Uh, I do understand the issues with King of the Monsters. They really fucking overdid it with just like they about, put all
3: the good reveals in the spoiler. Right,
2: you could have avoided a lot of that. But in the end, it didn't take away enough for me to dislike the film. I can get on board with the human characters. I. I hate some of it obviously that we've already talked about the over comedic parts and whatnot didn't make a whole lot of sense but just seeing those creatures come to life was just crazy to me like i just and i and it's a kid in me that just enjoys the shit out of that so if i had to rank the monster verse currently it's king of the monsters godzilla versus kong uh, I think the monster scenes, the fight scenes with Kong are the best of the whole series in terms of like seeing it. G14, obviously, is number three. And then, of course, Skull Island. And that's not me really trying to diss Kong. It's just that he's not as interesting as Godzilla. I mean, he never has been. Uh, but obviously, with him fighting Godzilla, it ranks pretty high on my list. Now, top five all time... Still King of Monsters, number one. Godzilla Mecha Godzilla 74, still number two. Godzilla 2000, Godzilla Final Wars, and then Godzilla vs. Kong. And and 14 is like re- literally right, right behind Godzilla and Kong.
3: And you have to explain to the listening audience, Godzilla 2000 is not the Matthew Broderick Godzilla.
2: <laughs> no, they know that. That's 98. Uh, G2000, obviously is him fighting Orga and like you know I just that's my favorite look of Godzilla like I don't know if they could have ever made that in CGI to make it look as good as that but uh definitely suit era uh just a lot of fun though a lot of great stuff in there it's always gonna be hard for Toho if they're gonna like I don't even know if Toho's gonna go with like Suit anymore, really? They may end up just because they did Shin Godzilla with CGI, so I don't know if they're gonna go. Yeah, you saw how good
3: that went with them.
2: I give him credit (laughs) for being innovative with it, but yeah, it's not my interpretation of what Godzilla is. I mean, he had a lot of cool weaponry and it was interesting, but you know, when we talk about boring movies, that one's pretty slow plotting. Like it doesn't really do a whole lot. But who knows what they have in store for the future. They're looking at Legendary and saying to themselves, okay, we've got to step up our game somehow. I'm sure that's what they're saying.
3: Or they're going to partner with Legendary. And
2: that'd be fine, too. That'd be almost better. But, you know, I don't know what the future holds for that. But ultimately, King of the Monsters, despite all its flaws, still has a lot there that i just like too much to knock it down. Mm -hmm. And I know some people aren't going to agree with that too much, but, you know, it is what it is at that point. Uh, yeah, okay, so here's my question to you then. I don't
1: know.
2: And I don't even know, like, I've I've got my own thoughts on it, but do you feel, like, when we think of, like, Batman, the trilogy with uh, Christopher Nolan, how he did all three films, Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have been better if Wingard had done all three films in the Godzilla universe? Yes. Now, do you still think that with the idea that he would have gone in with the first film not knowing any of the history of the other films? So basically, Wingard would have had approached G14 with nothing to base it off of. Like, he came into Godzilla and Kong knowing that the faults from the first two films, and he corrected it so do you think he still would have had an idea of doing that from the get go that's really the kind of the trick of the question I know it kind of puts you in a bad position because there's no way to know that but I think most people would probably agree with you that Wingard probably should have done them all I don't even know if that was even a consideration uh, for Legendary at the time
3: I feel like if you had three uh, directors doing all three movies you might have had a little bit of continuity if you, if you had one director yeah. doing,
2: yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with that. I, I think, regardless of how G fourteen came out, like it, I think it is better. Like, who knows what Edwards would have done with the next two? Um, you may have actually really liked it because of his way to build the story.
3: I probably would.
2: I don't know where, he, where the you know, action would have fallen I, I in there. I don't know but... why
3: I like Godzilla 2014 so much. Maybe it's just because I was waiting for this type of Godzilla movie for so long and it didn't disappoint.
2: Well, we were because really when it came to the American version, the last we had was 98. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of screwed the pooch.
3: It wasn't even a Godzilla movie. It was like a, a King Lizard movie. I mean, it was <laughs> not Godzilla. It was They took it and turned it into some weird thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, Emmerich and them, you know, they tried to come with an original idea, which you can't really fault them, but any other day, like, when you see what it turned out to be, and then the whole, like, Jurassic Park mimicking of little baby Godzillas, I'm like, dude, really? Really? And that kind of,
3: like, throws off, like, the whole idea of what Godzilla is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it that's not what Godzilla is.
2: Well, they tried to bring it all down to Earth. They tried to, like... Okay, he's a mutant iguana, and then, like, instead of having a a radioactive breath, it was just, because he was so big, he can create a massive amount of force with air coming out of his mouth, and Mm -hmm. then things would blow up because Mm -hmm. it was so strong, Mm -hmm. but it it just didn't work.
3: I, I I don't even watch it.
2: So, when you and I were watching the teaser trailer for Godzilla 14... And at the end, we see and hear that roar. we like,
3: that's Godzilla. That's Godzilla.
2: He's got it. You know, and we were all excited. And of course, we watched it like two or three times throughout that summer. And we were quite happy. So to me, the MonsterVerse has been fun. I, I, hopefully they do more. But even if they don't, I'm going to own all of them by the end of it. But. They got it right, in my opinion. Like, you can find faults with every single film in one way or the other, but ultimately, I think as a collective, they're just really a lot of fun.
3: I think my biggest fault with the first one is, I don't give a shit about the MUTOs,
1: but...
2: Well, they're uninteresting cages. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we we kind of figure out they're more like parasites, which is interesting about King of the Monsters, because at the end we have a MUTO showing up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if that's really just a type of parasite cage you not like an actual titan why is it even there like mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird thing to have that but uh yeah i don't know I, a skull I, crusher skull crawler yeah I, I mean those aren't i mean they try to claim them as titans like even in godzilla and kong when they were giving kong his wins they're i mean if they're titans and so are those other dumbasses like the little bat birdie things that we saw fighting Kong in the Hollow Earth, like, those are pretty funny looking things, but I wouldn't even consider those titans. You have a lot of creatures in the Hollow Earth that just aren't really titans, they're just other critters, and really in the Kong lore, he's always fighting, like, other dinosaurs and shit like that, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're not really titans, they're just other creatures that inhabit his area. So... Despite all the little faults these movies have, they're all very fun. I've had a lot of fun with it. I know you have. Uh, We can gripe about them all day, but I think in the end we're pretty pleased with the work one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, any final thoughts for you? Mm -mm. All right, well, let's get back to some music. More stuff from Vlad. This is Stranded Ways kicking it off with Hunters Released. Mm We'll Cobb Demise, provided by Against PR. Thank you very much for that. I really like that song. Yeah, good stuff. DJ Anubis. I'm
3: DJ Nathan Take a drink.
2: <laughs> Getting ready to call it an evening. Hope you all enjoyed this. Hopefully I uh, gave you some good things to think about. A little insight. I think we both would say that you definitely need to get out there and go see this movie, especially on the big screen if you can. Uh, it was It'd been a while since we'd been in the theater, so uh, it was nice to get out and do something and together and whatnot. And we kind of spoil ourselves with some popcorn and candy. We don't usually do that too much during the week, so. <laughs>
3: so if you want to know what fat people do, <laughs> I'll explain. I take my bag of M and M's and I mix it with my popcorn, and then I shake it up so the butter gets all over the M&Ms too, and it mixes together, and I have chocolate, salty, buttery deliciousness, <laughs> and I made myself sick last night.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't puke, but uh, mm. yeah, we, we definitely uh, had our fill of the food, so, but it was nice. It was a lot of fun. Had some raisin, that's the first time in a while.
3: Yeah, where's all the Twizzlers?
2: I ate that shit today, finished mm-hmm. that shit up. I was was saving you the the fatness. I
3: want one fucking Twizzler. All I want,
2: just one fucking Twizzler.
3: Just one Twizzler.
2: (laughs) That's all I was asking for. Uh, Thanks again, all, for tuning in. Uh, As usual, if you have any topics or music you want us to play, (laughs) uh, hit us up. Give us some ideas. We already have the podcast for next week done, so I have my pick for the movie, so we'll see you then when I post that. But um, It's a good movie, too. Yeah. Uh, but then Neko will be up uh, with her pick, and then we'll see you in a couple weeks with a new one. But I uh, hope you all enjoy the rest of the weekend, and one last track for you from I- I Xenocorp uh, Promotions and Label. It's called Cement. is the Band, and this is Carnation and... We will see you later Godzilla is the man and he fucking won fuck you Kong